Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's not a lot of times in life where we find ourselves on the narrow road. But when we do find ourselves on that narrow road, in that narrow place, we, we talk. We try to figure out what happened. We try to make sense of where we're at now. And we try to figure out where the narrow way will lead into the future when the road itself widens. In our text today from Luke's gospel, the road is very, very narrow for the disciples on the way to Emmaus. They had followed all the big events of Jesus' life and death, and and now they were in a narrow place, on a narrow road back to a narrow life, back to the pre-Jesus rhythms of their life. And and to somewhat of a benign and vanilla way of living. They thought that everything was going to be about victory and power and strength and and this expansive way of living. And now they were were going into a a narrow place. When my family was a lot younger than they are now, we used to rise up and and go on vacation. We'd start at our house on Dana Place, and we'd load up our minivan, and, and we'd uh, move from that little narrow driveway out onto Dana Place, onto Chapman, across Tustin, and on to the 55 freeway. We'd leave really early in the morning in those summer months to get to Barstow to, to, to Vegas. We'd connect with the 15 off the 91, enormous, huge freeway a wide, wide way. We'd ride until our kids were awake, hungry, and our minivan was out of gas. It was 117 degrees in Mesquite, Nevada. We'd load up, get in, and, and drive all the way up to Highway 80 and then cut across on that wide, wide, long, long interstate. We'd hang a left and go north driving through the little sleepy town of Clear Lake, South Dakota, as the road narrowed and the towns got smaller and smaller. We'd drive north and a little bit east, and finally we'd get off the tarred road and get onto a country road in rural Minnesota, not marked very well, made for tractors, combines, manure spreaders, cultivators, and the like the dust going behind the minivan and the kids awake looking for deer and pheasants. Finally, we'd hang a left on a little country lane and there was on the narrow path family, loved ones, welcome, tears, embraces, and hugs. The narrow path led to the joy of family from time away from the stressors of Southern California and refreshment. It's kind of what happens as the way narrows. It seems to me we are on the narrow way right now. With the COVID-19 virus and all that has gone with it, life has narrowed We started to watch the news reports, and and as we watched them, we we gained more insight. We read more things. We learned more and more about how people would be sick and the virus would, would spread quickly. And then things narrowed as schools closed, businesses closed, as those who were essential may be able to go to work 
and others were staying home. And then it even got a little more narrow as people were furloughed. Roadways were quiet. And life got narrow to a point where maybe none of us thought it could ever be as narrow and as quiet as it would be. And maybe we had some of the same feelings as the disciples did that day on the road to Emmaus. For they walked down that narrow path. They talked about all the things that had happened, trying to figure out. And how it seemed like circumstances were all going one way. And then Friday night, when Jesus died, it just didn't seem as if things were going to turn out the way they had been expected. Our world, our culture, our Southern California, our world has narrowed. And many of us have looked for meaning and purpose in the narrowing of the road. And some of the things that used to define our hope are, are gone for now. Things of work and recreation, of children's achievement in athletics, academics, and other areas of, of challenge and achievement, all left behind over the last six weeks. We can't sit and say, well, Junior did this and Junior did that. And perhaps there exists for us in this time a, a, a vacuum of meaning. Or maybe better spoken, a, a reorienting of that which does bring meaning to us in our lives. Because the narrow road has a way of leading us back to make new decisions that will reorder our life in a new way. And not just in, in our lives, our hearts and brains, but, but the reordering of our whole lives. The way we reorder our time and invest the very best parts of our Selves. When we're on the narrow way, we have an opportunity to think that through and maybe rethink some of the priorities that we have, have had. How's life at home? How are the kids doing at home? Do you feel like your life is quieter? Are you talking about different things? Are you thinking about how things will be in the future? Weeks ago, we may have been worried and concerned about how the coach played the child at the soccer game. And now we're concerned about how our economy will restart, how jobs will lay out. And a couple weeks, a couple months, a year from now, what our lives will look like. We may very well be in that narrow place. Jesus' exchange with the disciples on the road to Emmaus widens their understanding. He widens the path for them. He leads them to the story of what happened to Him. They look and they say, we thought this was all coming down and Jesus was the one who would redeem Israel. On the narrow road, they saw what they wanted to see. But when Jesus began to, when he began to share with him the prophecy and the words, he opened their eyes. He opened their hearts. And while they still couldn't recognize him there, they, they, they talked and chatted and figured it out. You could see their heads going from a, 
from a shake to a nod. That's right. That's right. Suffer and die, and then on the third day, rise again, and it's, it's after the third day. Let's think about this. Finally, as they go past the city, and Jesus says, I'm going to go on, they say, please, stay with us. This time has been fabulous. This time has been fantastic. Stick, stick with us. So Jesus goes with them. He breaks bread with them, and then they recognize him. They nod their heads. They understand that their lives have widened out immeasurably. As all their plans are now changed, and they turn around, and they hurry back up to Jerusalem to connect with the disciples and the women and the whole community of, of, of new Christian believers. And they look at one another, and the Spirit records their response in their inner life, did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke to us? Jesus meets us in our narrow place here and now. Jesus is what we have when it seems like there is nothing else. When nothing else seems to be working, there's Jesus meeting us in this narrow, narrow space meeting us in our time of social distancing. He opens the Scripture to our mind's eye. He opens us up to the truth of Himself revealed in the Scripture. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus had said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the mission of the risen Lord Jesus and all those who would follow Him. To seek and to save the lost. That's what He does. To meet those who are lost in that narrow moment where everything is gone and to bring a sense of hope. He brings a sense of blessing when good things go into painful things. With Him we find direction and a way out, not necessarily through process and procedure, but with hope and mission to seek and to save the lost. He restores our hope in the narrow way. He restores our hope here and now, today, where we're listening in our homes with those we love the most or connected digitally across the world. Our hearts burn within us with that same gift the restorative hope of Jesus. A marvelous piece that they say. We had hoped that He was the one who would come and redeem Israel. He came not just for Israel, but He came to redeem us, His people, the new Israel, the church, all humankind. He comes to redeem with a redemption that isn't about power and economic might. Redemption is about peace with God about God's forgiveness and reckoning of our sins, about God destroying sin and conquering death and bringing to us a reality that we belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Our redemption is that we are God's and that Jesus risen is good to go. And so in those narrow spaces of life and death, in times of illness and healing, in times of working and unemployment, in times of fear and in times 
of hope. We are the Lord's. And there's no distance, no space between He and us. He is with us in the narrow place and in the place where life widens and circumstances and situations open up because that's what happens. That's how it works. There came a time in every vacation where we started heading towards home. First, it started with our our little conversations of my wife and I speaking quietly, saying, you know, we just got a couple of days left. And we'd load up the minivan with cheap gas from rural Minnesota. We'd load up on Grandma's Monster Cookies and Butterscotch Cornflake Peanut Butter Cookies, which are amazing. We'd put the now suntanned, bleach-haired, blonde kids in the minivan, do our hugs, do our goodbyes, put the minivan on the narrow path, out the dirt road, back through rural South Dakota, south and east, south and west on Interstate 80, very, very quiet in the back of the van. To the 15, to Salt Lake City, where we knew we were on our way home, where we were within striking distance through Mesquite and Las Vegas and Barstow. On the 91, to the 55, to Chapman Avenue and Wright, across by our AMPM store, right on Shattuck, left on Dana, down that little narrow driveway and home. As life opens up and widens for you, I wonder what will change. For the disciples on the road to Emmaus, everything changed. Inner life, hearts burning within them, and outer life running and sprinting back to Jerusalem. They turned right around and got after the mission of Jesus, proclaiming His redemption of Israel and the world. As life widens, as things open up what will change for you. Maybe it will be those pieces of heart and life. After having walked this road of COVID-19, perhaps many of us will be more resilient when confronted with challenge. We may appreciate our freedoms in in a whole different manner, having been down this sequestration in our homes. We may cherish in new ways things like drive-by birthday parties and celebrations, jigsaw puzzles, board games, cards, art projects, creative ways that we have been in community with one another. We may have a new and different appreciation for spouse, children, friends, work, job. And perhaps our hearts will burn within us with a new sense of God's presence in our homes, among our families. Maybe that's what happens as the road opens and widens for you. And what of that outer life? What will be the habits that change for you? What rhythms of your life will you change?
given this supremely unique, once-in-a-lifetime, maybe not even that, but a supremely unique opportunity to remake our habits, our interactions, our investment of time. What will change for you? Perhaps that's a critical question for all of us as we make our way from the narrow path to the wider path. And as there are more decisions to make about how life will restart, perhaps in our homes and families we begin the discussion of what our lives will look like when when this season is ended. My sense is that we're on the downhill side of this and while we may not be able to re-engage our sanctuary with more than the half a dozen people who are in here this morning, maybe we can fit a couple hundred in here. I'm not sure how that's going to roll out, but we will be ready to go when that does roll out. I can assure you of that. It will be a season of hope. I want to thank you as a congregation for walking so closely together on that narrow path. Cards, notes, offerings, phone calls, emails, some emails silly, some very poignant. You have given so much hope and encouragement to me and to our leadership team, to our whole congregation. It's amazing what God has done in you and through you. And that on that narrow way, God has blessed so many, so many people with so many different pieces of kindness. And maybe that's one of the marvelous blessings of this season of the COVID-19 virus, that our hope in our community is restored and that our hearts burn within us. I look forward to the day and the moment where we greet each other and we bless one another face to face, where instead of what a friend told me this week was an air fist pump, I look forward to being eye to eye, face to face, heart to heart, to greet one another, to bless one another, to encourage one another. And perhaps in the words of today's text, as the people of God gather together around the word and the promise of the Lord Jesus, the road widens and we get together. Maybe at that moment we will know what the disciples had and what they felt when they said, did not our hearts burn? within us. In the name of Jesus.